Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. You will improve in your current strengths more than you will ever improve in your weaknesses. And so, you know, get that not to do list, like put a bunch of stuff on it that says, look, I'm not going to spend my time there. This is what my unique calling is. This is where my purpose is. This is how I'm connected. And I'm going to double down and put all my wood behind that arrow. We don't bring up those crucial conversations. We don't talk about things that really matter because I don't want to anger them or I don't want to disappoint them. Or I don't know how to navigate this conversation. So I'm just going to play it safe and live small in my marriage. Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling. And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Welcome to the Dear Young Mary Couple Podcast. From the very beginning of Dear Young Married Couple, we came up with a mission statement. It was, we help married couples become connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. And for a long time, or most of our podcast episodes, we focus on one aspect of helping people get um, get connected. Intimately connected. Intimately connected. <laughs> there you go. And sometimes we touch on the adventure aspect. Today, um, one of the most important aspects of a human's life is finding purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we're going to focus on today. And we are honored to have with us Andrew Bentley. Welcome. Thank you. So Andrew Bentley is an important person in this world, but he's also an important person in our lives yes. personally. Um, but I'll introduce him professionally first. Um, so Andrew has spent his career in information technology, working for some of the largest companies across the globe, um, like Microsoft and Amazon. HP. And I mean, in the higher ups, uh, people, just so you know, um, he is he is definitely someone with some experience and um, some information to pour into your lives professionally. Um, but ministerially, he has spent a lot of time and is currently working on curating, creating and teaching leadership development in our churches. Um, and he right now does a lot of advisory work for organizations. And, um, I mean, even for the office of CEO, um, he is just so well-rounded and mm -hmm. we appreciate what he has poured into our lives personally. personally. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is what we would consider a mentor or, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, advisor, something like that <laughs> yes. to help, help us, uh, reach more people and be our best selves. Yeah. And so he's really pushed us out of our small thinking mm -hmm. to some bigger ocean waves here. Yes. He's been a helpful coach to us from the beginning. And actually a yeah. big part of why um, the Dear Young Married Couple card decks came out was a result of his coaching. So yeah. we are grateful for you, Andrew Bentley. Thank you so much for being with us. 
Thank you. Thank you for the kind introduction. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, before we jump into our questions that we have for you, can you share with our audience uh, a little bit more about what you do in your advisory roles, um, both ministerially and professionally right now? Yeah. So, you know, from a secular standpoint, it's really about helping organizations elevate their game. And so whether that's in terms of their go-to-market strategy, in terms of their sales strategy, how they think about culture, really anything that they believe that they need assistance on, I try to come along beside them and Mm -hmm. help them through that thought process and bring a set of experiences and insights that maybe they haven't seen, right? The ability to look around corners is, is challenging for all of us at the best of times. You know, if you can find somebody that's maybe been around the corner, then that's really helpful in terms of accelerating your success. And then on the church leadership side, uh, probably the same thing, having been in the church, what, 38 years now, Mm -hmm. um, and seeing what growth looks like and seeing leadership. And it's really about just trying to help people to, again, come Mm -hmm. along beside people and and help them develop or help them see see things that they may not have seen themselves. Mm. So good. Yeah. And it's so needed. Absolutely. We, we appreciate the work that you're doing, obviously, like we've talked about in our own lives, but we've seen it at a distance too. how you're pouring into leaders, um, across the globe, um, and in our circles. And so we're just so thankful for your work. Thank you. Um, so to jump into this topic of personal development and specifically how this, uh, can impact our marriage. Um, let's start with just why is it even important for us to focus on personal development? Um, what's at stake? Um, everything. (laughs) And and I'm not, I'm not trying to be punchy, but there's so much at stake is that, that when we recognize how much potential we have, when we recognize how big the boundaries of who we are and what we can be in the kingdom of God and in our relationships, it's just, it's super exciting. First off of all of this opportunity and all this space to, to go out and to adventure and to actually discover and to find out but so much of what we do in the kingdom of God and our relationships, um, the children that, that were in some cases, some of us have, like, how do we help them to become the best version of their, themselves? Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's something I think about that when we're born, we have these really, really strong instincts, two very, very strong in, instincts. And one of them is to survive. Mm-hmm. And the second one is to develop. Mm-hmm. And the challenge is, is that sometimes the survive mechanism gets ahead of the development mechanism. Mm. And you see this played out where we, we play safe, or we, sorry, we, we play small in order to live safe. This idea that we sort of, we put a, a governor on ourselves in order that we can stay safe. And if you think about that, just in, in some really simple examples, think about the playground, right? The little child mm-hmm. looks at the, at the structure, the play structure and says, wow, I'd love to climb to the top. But at some point in that journey upwards, they get afraid and they never make it to the top. Mm-hmm. They're in a playground and they see a bunch of children and they say, oh, I'd love to play with those kids. It looks like they're having fun. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden somewhere along the way, they stop and they go, but what if they say no? And what if I become embarrassed? And yeah. so this, this tension that lives within us, and it's not that the system is faulty. You know, we're, we have emotions, um, but if you're overrun by your emotions, mm-hmm. then that can be a really negative way to live. And so it's not that the system is faulty. It's just that we've got to continue to push the boundaries of this system and make that box larger so mm-hmm. that we're not just playing safe, right, all the time, yeah. that we're not just trying to make sure that we survive but we actually reach out and develop ourselves. Wow. Do you think that yeah. people realize that they're playing safe? You know, if, if I, I think people don't spend enough time in introspection. Um, and I think that if we spent more time in introspection, so you think about, you know, practically, how do I, how do I know if I'm living safe? How do I know mm-hmm. if I'm playing safe? Is through that active introspection to say, how many times do I use the word regret? How many times do I think about, I wish I would have, how many times do I say I should have? And if you sort of go back and, and review that sort of the real of your life and go, you know, yesterday, did it, is there something I didn't do because I was afraid? Was I, was I playing small so that I could live safe? Mm. Um, I think, I think we'll find out that we're probably constraining ourselves. Yeah. Oh. You mentioned kind of this, um, this dyad and we need both, you know, the survival and the development. 
And Mm -hmm. oftentimes as children, um, you know, we're, we're developing freely. It's so natural for us to develop freely. And then experiences come along that tell us, oh no, I have to actually protect myself. Mm -hmm. And then independence develops, which is good too. Right. Um, and like you said, we need both. But then I think sometimes people get stunted there where they move from dependence to independence. And I've heard you talk about we miss this third element of interdependence if we get stunted there in in this adaptive self. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then we'll ask you maybe some questions about how it impacts our marriage. Yeah. So there's a couple of things I think about uh, when you say that, you know, one is the idea of we in our, our own development and then we as as couples that might have children in terms of the development of our children. And we're so focused, even with them about, oh, they're they're in this dependent state. And if I could just get them to an independent state, boy, everything would work out in their life. (laughs) But to your point, there's a third step, which is that interdependence that says, no, no, it's actually goes beyond simply you being independent, but it goes into interdependence, which Mm -hmm. is exactly what happens to us as as adults as well. And so, you know, you can think about it in, in this idea that, you know, there's the essential self, right? The self that we're meant to be, the self that we were created to be, uh, the image of God, the essential self, right? Mm -hmm. Then there's the adaptive self. And the adaptive self is that piece where we, we, we sort of put all this, this armor on, we put all these things up so that we can stay safe, that we're protected. Mm -hmm. We're protected emotionally. We're protected physically maybe even protected intellectually. There's just all of these things that we put in our lives that become adaptions to who we essentially are as human beings. And so mm-hmm. I kind of think of it in terms of three characteristics under you know, the essential self versus the adaptive self. Okay. And so when we're working or living in our essential self, we believe that we're unique, that, that there is something special about us, that we have unique design to us, that we have giftings from God that are unique to us. Mm-hmm. And when we're operating in an adaptive self, we actually think of ourselves not as unique, but as different. And, and you say, well, that doesn't sound like it's a big deal, but there's a nuance there that's really, really important mm-hmm. because if I show up to this conversation right now and, and I believe I'm unique, I actually think there's an opportunity for me to participate. There's mm-hmm. maybe some value that I could bring to this that's additional to all of the great stuff that you guys do. Mm-hmm. Versus when I'm in my adaptive self and I'm trying to protect myself, I think of myself as different. Yeah. And when I think of myself as different, I'm literally giving myself permission not to participate. Yeah. And I say things like, oh, Carissa, look, I'm just different. Like, Adam, I know you want me to be kind of part of your thing that, you know, <laughs> this new group you're starting or this new thing. But look, I'm just different. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's plain small so I can live safe. Because yeah. if, if I say I'm unique, you're going to say, oh, fabulous bring something interesting, bring something different, mm-hmm. bring a new perspective. I'm like, Oh no. Uh, what if I can't? And then yeah. imposter syndrome sets in and mm-hmm. all those emotions that yeah. we it's deal risk with. So, of rejection, right? It's super risk. But of if, rege- you can, if you can put the wall up yourself and say, Hey, you might reject me. So I'm just going to not participate. Yeah. You yes. know, then, then you can be safe. I can be safe and I yeah. can control my destiny, albeit I've made the circle a little smaller, uh-huh. but I can control that destiny and I can control my feelings because I've got these hurts. And because I never learned about this, this interdependence, which really brings us to the, the second one, which is about this idea that I'm connected versus I'm separate. And that's where interdependence is. It, it matters what I watch. It matters what I listen to. It matters what I talk about. It matters who I hang out with because the ripple effect, the concentric circles of influence that flow out from my life mm-hmm. to other people's lives, that's the connection that we have all, that we're all interdependent. And so when I am operating in my essential self, I know I'm connected to people that what I say matters. And we see this, the biblical model is just so clear that your body of Christ, we're interconnected. And so versus the, the adaptive self says, no, 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 I'm not connected. I'm, I'm, I'm separate, right? Mm -hmm. I I live as an entity onto myself and I have Mm -hmm. to protect myself. Mm -hmm. And then it gives you a permission for a whole bunch of other bad, if I can use the word bad, negative Mm -hmm. behaviors. Yeah. Better so. Yes. And it's almost like you said, what you say matters. 
Yeah. I also thought what you don't say because of the fear that holds you back also matters. Absolutely. What's being stifled in the person that that fear of rejection, that unwillingness to venture out holds them back from what they could be. And it's almost like there's a moral ought there too of like, if you can do this, then shouldn't you or ought you do it? Because for the sake of the body of Christ or for the sake of the betterment of, of your church culture around you or for the betterment of your marriage or your family. And that's where calling comes into place. Absolutely. Yeah. I heard it. I heard another word too, that, that really stood out to me is belief. Um, all, most of what you talked about, <clears throat> excuse me, starts with belief. And it's cultivated. That's something that's cultivated. I think p- people wrongly believe that belief is a, f- a switch. It's either like a light bulb, like it's off or it's on. And I think what, what th- is happening is latent within all of us is this ability to rise up. But we have to tap into that. Even if it's 10%, it's more of a spectrum rather than an on off. There's a lot of places in our life that we operate on a spectrum of belief. Mm -hmm. Like we know that we could get into a car wreck, but we know that that likelihood isn't very much, but we, in our life for us to, to grow, we have to tap into that belief of these things can happen in my life. Mm -hmm. And we have to start to increase that belief. Mm -hmm. So I might take us on a tangent because you haven't addressed the third thing, but I know you will. Um, but increasing that belief, I think, is, is going to be a very important aspect. And yeah. I'm going to be curious. I know you'll have to come back to this, but I'll be curious. And how do we do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I can go in either direction. I mean, that the belief thing is, is so important because it's, it is absolutely iterative. It's incremental. And I think if I've learned anything through my life is I've said, you know, I'm going to do this. And I realize that it's small, incremental. It's, it's the idea of iterative. It's so... I, 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 I move my mind. I move my eyes. I move my body, right? These steps of, I want to change directions. Well, I got to start by changing my thinking, right? If I can't change my thinking, I got, then I got to change my eyes and I change my body and then I got to make a step. And I think we, we try so often to, to look for the, the, the big solution. Mm. And, and I don't know if there are really big solutions. I think so much of what we have to do from a development standpoint is iterative. I think that brings us back to marriage, you know, which is, you know, well, I'm going to be a great husband. Okay. Um, what would that look like incrementally? What would it look like when you open your eyes in the morning and you take a look at that spouse beside you? Uh, if you're the husband and you look over at your wife, do you start with the day by saying, how can I be a part of her life in a really incredible way? How can I bring value to her life? How can I increment her life? How can I listen better today? Right? We're starting these patterns of behavior that are, that are iterative. And that's, that's really, really important. If we go back and we can come back to that if you'd like, but if we Please. go back to the third one, yeah, it's really about this, you know, the idea of, of in my essential self, I'm responsible versus in my adaptive self, I'm responsive. And I think mm-hmm. Covey did such a great job, right? He said, you know, we are response able that between the stimulus and the response, there is a space of time. Sometimes it's a very, very tiny space of time. Um, And sometimes it's a little bit more time, but (laughs) you are response able. Um, You get to choose your response. And versus when we're in our adaptive sense, we're super, super responsive. You know, something happens, we respond, right? It's just like we're too, too responsive to everything. We're not taking the space that we're allotted to make a choice. Ah, Mm. so good. I think of that in terms of, conflict resolution in a marriage too, you know, if you're in your essential self and your response able, you recognize your ability to take responsibility for your part, you know? And so even if you disagree or you think your spouse needs to change, you are able to interrupt that negative cycle that what we call the crazy cycle and, and say, Hey, I own this. Like, I'm, I'm going to take responsibility for my part. And, um, if you're on the other side and you're, you're in defense mode, 
and and you're in that adaptive mode and you're trying to play it safe and protect yourself, mm-hmm. you're just going to tear the other person down or show them where they need to change because mm-hmm. you're trying to protect. So it's right. not a it's not a mentality of servitude either. So I love how that plays into marriage. And just just to play off of that, that response able, this the gap between stimulus and response, mm-hmm. there's also a choice. There's a choice being made to how we'll interpret that experience. Mm-hmm. Right. So true. So like if so we're, much. Yeah. If we're driving, I like to tell people, hey, if we're driving, um, just to kind of illustrate this idea, if we're driving on the freeway and someone cuts us off, I could be like that jerk, <laughs> that terrible human being. Right. Or I can say that person, you know, maybe there's some people in the car and you can't really clearly see. And you could, you can also play a different story in your head and say, well, maybe they're trying to get to the hospital right now because she's having a baby. We're making up both like we're making up the story of he's a jerk or yeah. If you do the baby one, you're going to be like, Hey, you know, get to the hospital. Yeah. (laughs) Cut me off. It's fine. But it's our ability to say, what story am I going to play out here? Yeah. Yeah. Am I going to let it tear me down and just make, you know, set me off or am I going to be more generous through this mm-hmm. experience? Mm-hmm. Cause everyone makes sense once you know their story. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Absolutely. speaking of stories, yes. um, from what we know about you, you are a very resilient man and, um, we would be honored if you would share with us and the audience here, um, your story, your testimony. Hmm. how it applies to this topic well, too <clears throat> yeah how it applies to the topic um mm-hmm. you know i guess you know if you go back way back you know um lived uh in a you know small little apartment with my mom so raised by a single mom um i hate to say this on uh, on a podcast but never finished high school mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately um, never finished the university. I went back to as a mature student, unfortunately. Um, and so there were a lot of obstacles along the way mm-hmm. of, you know, nobody has ever asked me, you know, do you have homework? Like, it's just not a question. Anybody, I don't think anybody's ever looked at a report card that I've, yeah. I've, uh, I've had. And so, you know, there were lots of things that I could point back to, to say, these were obstacles yeah. to, mm-hmm. you know, becoming something. Um, but then there's the other side, which of course is the transformation that happened in terms of, you know, I was, uh, at the time 16, 17 years old, uh, me and some friends. So this is going back, you know, 40 years or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was making $7 an hour, which just seems unbelievable at, at 40 years ago, but <clears throat> I was flush with cash. And I said, well, let's fly out to, uh, let's fly across the country and we'll go skiing. And so we flew across the country and, uh, I ended up meeting, uh, pastor King, my pastor now, uh, my brother and another person in the church. And, uh, we had, you know, this interaction, which was from my recollection, really weird because, you know, they were dressed in dress shoes and slacks. Um, and they were in a mountain resort and they said they were going camping. And I always <laughs> thought that was interesting because <laughs> um, I'm a 16 year old kid thinking I got the world by the tail. Um, anyways, uh, fast forward, I went back to, uh, to London, Ontario, came out from my brother's wedding, went to a church service and God just started reaching to me. He just started, mm-hmm. you know, calling my name in a way that, <clears throat> excuse me, in a way that I guess I, I wouldn't have anticipated. I remember after lunch of this service, we were on the street corner and uh, I kind of started crying, which is really weird for at that time. I guess I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy looked at me and he said, you know, what, what are you crying about? And I said, uh, oh, I missed somebody, which uh, after the words came out of my mouth, I was like, oh boy, did that ever sound pretty ridiculous? <laughs> Anyways, God was literally reaching to my heart. I wasn't mm-hmm. missing somebody. It was just the, the, the influence of God. And so I went back yeah. to London, Ontario, and I literally quit high school mm-hmm. and made a decision to, to come and uh, live for God, to change my life, because I realized for me that all the complexity of life and all the aspirations and everything I, I wished I could become, I realized I wasn't going to be able to do that in the state I was in, that there had to be some sort of transformative event 
that would happen in my life. And when that changed my thinking, that literally changed the trajectory of my life. And, you know, I ended up getting hired uh, by a company uh, that they don't know. (laughs) I guess they could find out that uh, they hired a kid that didn't have a university degree. They hired a kid that didn't have a high school diploma. I mean, this this Mm -hmm. company was Microsoft, um, Mm -hmm. but it ended up working out okay. (laughs) You think? The goodness of God. (laughs) It's incredible. I love that. So kind of going back to Adam's question earlier, and maybe from your personal perspective, you know, he said, how does one change their thinking, their belief that they can do it? How do you gain resilience? Mm -hmm. So can, can you share with us the how to there? Yeah, the how to, I I guess. So I now I'm feeling all that uh, pressure. Um, (laughs) Because I want to say something really deeply profound. I want to say something you haven't thought of. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that it really goes back to, I think, so many ways introspection. And, and why is prayer so beneficial? Um, why is the word of God so beneficial? Is yeah. because it gives us time to be first off with God. Mm-hmm. And he illuminates in those moments of prayer and in reading the word, he illuminates us and what our potential is. You know, there's a great scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11, I believe, which basically paraphrase says, if, if you only knew what God thinks about you, about your welfare, about what he really wants for your life. And if you could get in that place where you spend time with God and yourself saying, what is my full potential? And then not going out trying to boil the ocean, but saying, what can I do incrementally to begin to bring about change in my life. And one of the things I would suggest is do hard things. Mm. Like place yourself in positions to do hard things, Mm. to do things that are scary, to do things you may not be set up for necessarily for success for, but you're going to stretch yourself. And in that stretching, you're going to find things out about yourself and you're going to learn about yourself and your capabilities that are so important to you becoming the best you can be. And so it's about prayer. It's about introspection. uh, It's spending time in the word. It's about being incremental. And then the other thing I would say is I, you know, I hear people say, Oh, I'm so interested in, in something, whatever it is. It could be, I'm I'm interested in children's ministry. Okay. And what are you, what are you going to read tonight? before you go to bed or whenever you do your reading, what are you going to talk about next time you're with somebody? So, well, the, the, the conversation didn't come up. Well, it didn't come up because you didn't bring it up. Yes. <laughs> right. And so if, if, if children's ministry or leadership or whatever it is that you're, you're, you're fascinated with and you're, you, you want to be a part of start inserting it to your life more and more and more and more and more, mm-hmm. you will improve in your current strengths more than you will ever improve in your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, get that not to do list, like put a bunch of stuff on it says, look, I'm not going to spend my time there. This is what my unique calling is. This is where my purpose is. This is how I'm connected. And I'm going to double down and put all my wood behind that arrow because so that's good. where I believe God's calling me. Hey friends, we'll be right back to our interview But one quick note, if you love what you're listening to, you might also enjoy going through our card decks that we designed to help couples stay connected and in each other's world. So there's Foundations, which is our starter deck, and it's all about boosting your communication skills. And then there's Sexpectations, which is all about spicing up your intimate connection. And then there's Realizations, which is a deck for all couples, but especially dating or engaged couples who want to see how well they really know each other. So grab a deck or two or three by heading over to our website, dearyoungmarriedcouple.com slash cards. All right. Back to the show. So good. Yeah. I love that. I've never heard that. Get your not to do list. I do. The I things like that. that you're not going to pour your time into, the things you need to reserve, you need to say no to in order well, to you're saving yes. your best. Yes. Yes. Because I think yes. people say yes to a lot of the things that are not growing them or pushing them or hard. Cause that's when you said that I was like, ah, perfect. Cause that's the exact antithesis of staying small in order to stay safe, Mm -hmm. doing hard things and putting yourself out there and stretching yourself is dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's hard. It can help you change your thinking because you realize, oh, oh, I did it. Okay. I can do it so I can do it again. 
Hmm. Yeah. And the challenge is, and it just is like, I, you know, going back to sort of the marriage side of these things and this, you know, we're, we're playing small to live safe. We do it in our communication with our spouses. We don't bring up those crucial conversations. We don't talk about things that really matter because I don't want to anger them or I don't want to disappoint them. or I don't know how to navigate this conversation. So I'm just going to play it safe and live small in my marriage. We do it yeah. in our intimacy and, and you talked about adventure and intimacy. And so this is an adult audience, right? You think about your intimacy and again, are we playing small to live safe? And, and, and that playing small as well, you know, the way mm-hmm. I, we think about intimacy and all of the things surrounding intimacy mm-hmm. are governed by, by body image. They're governed by things that I'm afraid of. They're governed yes. by this and that as a result mm-hmm. of that, the intimacy is not realized to the degree that you believe it could be. Mm-hmm. And even in purpose to kind of go the last one, which is this idea of purpose is that, you know, what if, what if you as the, as the, the wife, at least from your current understanding or from the conversations you've had, your vision of purpose is greater than his. Mm-hmm. And all okay. of a sudden you're constantly living and, and playing small in order to play safe because you don't want him to feel inadequate and you don't want to bring up. And, and so again, there's that, mm-hmm. that, that, safety mechanism against like, no, tell them your purpose. It, it may sound big. It may sound audacious mm-hmm. and maybe it will sound bigger than the purpose he's communicated to you. But that might be the conversation start of him to say, you know, that's exactly how I've been yes. feeling that there's greater things that we could do collectively mm-hmm. that we're better together. And all of a sudden you create this, the strength and mm-hmm. interdependence around purpose. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yes. Mm-hmm. Because this whole time they've been avoiding in order to be safe and to protect, right? And then they're kind of doing the one puts a thousand to flight. This other person puts a thousand to flight so that, you know, they have this 2000 going on. But all of a sudden when you communicate, Hey, I have this yearning desire. I, you know, I'm, this is burning within me and Hey, what do you think about this? All of a sudden they're connecting and this dynamite explosion happens. And now there's 10,000, right? It's, It's incredible how much we can do when we're on the same page or simply communicating about what's on the page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. I had a question because I know that you work with a lot of uh, people in high places mm-hmm. and very successful people, and you're a successful person yourself. What are some of the skills that one ought to work on? Because we all have those things that aren't, you know, that aren't developed. You said, you know, put all your wood behind one arrow, you know, like <laughs> double down. But there's some skills I think that do probably everybody can work on to become better at that archery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. What are those meta skills that maybe people should develop or habits that you see that kind of you see in every leadership position, like if they could develop this, if they mm-hmm. could develop that, they can really achieve a lot more in their mm-hmm. purpose. What would those things be? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not necessarily hierarchically, but uh, you know, one has to be EQ. And, and so much has been said and written, and maybe we have EQ fatigue that people don't want to hear about it anymore. <laughs> but this, this idea that your emotional quotient matters. And when I say that, it's, it's more about, you know, if you think about self-regulation as sort of okay. the first component of that. And self-regulation is this idea of being able to see and understand my emotions, right? So the research says we have 27, you know, discernible emotional events every hour. Okay. Right. So every hour. (laughs) Yeah. So you think about all that's going on. Like I, I, we, you know, we got on this podcast. So what am I having an emotional event? Oh, I I wonder how this is going to go. I wonder if the question is going to be, Oh, oh, there's some fear associated with that. Oh, there's Mm. some, there's some pride that they were willing to ask me to be a part of this, that they might thought I would contribute. Like you just go down the list. Sure. They're they're, they're coming a mile a minute. Anyways, this idea that we're having them, the ability to actually recognize what they are, but the difference between greed and fear, the difference between greed and anger, like I'm really mad at that person. Are you, are you mad or are you feeling inadequate? Are you, are you, is this something that's happening in terms of your own uh, sense of greed that you haven't accomplished as much as somebody? And so 
what's actually going on there. So it's identifying the motion, yes. which is really, really hard to do. And people, again, the research says that people can only do it like less than 40% of the time. They can actually yeah. pinpoint the exact emotion they're feeling because yes. the response is if I'm feeling, if I'm feeling greed versus anger, um, or inadequacy versus greed, like my response and what I need to do in order to correct it is very, very different. That is um, spot on. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is that people don't, um, have a very big vocabulary around their emotions, right? So if they can expand their emotional vocabulary, then they can better identify what they're feeling. And I think men are even at a more disadvantage here because, you know, when a little boy falls and cries, we're taught, well, get up, come on, brush it off. We don't give boys time to think about emotion very much. And so it's like repress, repress, repress. And then when they, when they grow older, they only have like five emotions that they can point to. You know? Yeah, that's true. I often have male clients who won't even put emotion words on their experiences. They'll, they'll just say good and bad. Right. And we're right. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Those aren't emotions. Like let's, let's talk emotions. And we get basic with just happy and sad first. But even then it's like, that's, that's as far as they can go. Sometimes there's such a wall beyond happy, sad, or angry you know, which is a secondary emotion. So I think that's, that's a perfect place to start is like you said, become more emotionally aware, simply build your emotional vocabulary, look up an emoji chart on Google, (laughs) you know, like what are the emotions? We literally print out an emoji chart in our counseling office Mm -hmm. so that we can give it to clients when they don't have a word for what they're feeling. she, She had a big old, um, magnet yeah. sitting on our coffee table <laughs> facing where people would sit and it had and people would yeah. look at it and like laugh because it had all these yeah. like drawings of Love people it. you know feeling emotions you know yeah yeah that's so that's a cool big, that's a I big was, deal i was with my grandson the other day and and my wife uh pointed out uh gave me some real good clarity because we were scootering so one of mm-hmm. them is ahead one of them is behind and when we get to this we've got a certain distance away from from where we're staying and uh, the, the youngest one started to cry and said, he's sad. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we came back and I said to my wife, I said, he says he's sad. And it's like the third time he said it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, somebody needs to help him understand or label his emotions because he's clearly mislabeled this emotion. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, well, let's, let's look at it a different way. Um, Blake, who's his older brother, is way far ahead. You're way far ahead because you're trying to stay in the middle of them so you can balance keeping track of both of them. So he's all alone at the rear. Mm. And imagine being all alone in a place you don't recognize. Oh, I guess you could be sad. That's so true. Like, Loneliness ah. could produce sadness. Yes. <laughs> yes. There you go. It's like, wow, that's, that's pretty insightful. So anyways, uh-huh. it's, it's interesting how we yes. think about these labels. You know, the yeah. second part of that is the CQ thing is being able to recognize it. So you can actually not only recognize it, but you can see it coming down the street. Mm. Right? And this for me is really important. It's like, I, I gotta, I gotta see it before it gets here. Cause when it gets here, you know, you get into an amygdala hijack or you get into some sort of event that it's yep. hard to sort of unravel the emotion. Mm-hmm. So being able to see it coming down the street. And then the third one to that, that piece is just, you've got to be able to own the emotion to say it's actually mine. And so I mm-hmm. get to determine what to do with it. Anyway, so there's a whole bunch of stuff on EQ. We won't belabor that. Yes, um, the second so one I would say, Adam, though, is communication. Mm-hmm. It's just okay. so, so important to learn how to communicate. And you know, whether we talk about empathic listening and all of those things, it's just, there's so much to think about in terms of communication. It's so mm-hmm. critical to the way things get done and will continue to be a part of how things get done. So if you have trouble communicating, trouble listening, trouble parsing words and understanding what people's meaning is behind there, if you can't be present in a conversation, anything you can do to learn better communication skills will, will absolutely change the trajectory of, of your success. Wow. Love it. So many amazing things to think about. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go like read more on EQ because that's like very interesting to oh, me. Yeah. I help people all the time try to figure out, but I think, I don't know, somewhere I could focus and that yes. I find I, I do best focusing and learning when I'm very curious about something. Mm-hmm. And yeah, instead of so being true. overwhelmed, I think curiosity is an amazing thing to push you at like, oh, what's there? Yes. So I think you've yes. just now done that for me. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, we could be EQ'd out because it's, it's such a pop topic, but 
we can all benefit from it, yeah. you know, cause we can look at a, a piece of it that we haven't considered in that way before, um, and apply it to our professional life, our marriage, our ministry. Um, so question for you, what are some rituals that you have in place? Maybe a morning routine, um, or a daily, uh, checklist of these things that you, that you have in place in order to kind of shape that trajectory for yourself. Sure. You know, the order of events matters. Um, and I'm still trying to work on this. So I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not a ninja, uh, by any <laughs> means. It's just, it's a, it's a work in progress of, of trying to realize that the order of events matters. And okay. so when I start my day, you know, I've got to start it right before I look at something that I think is, uh, pressing or something that I have to do that day. I'm trying to center myself. So read the word of God before you read something else, right? Something as mm -hmm. simple as that. Mm -hmm. Just this idea of you know what what matters in my life and what's going to be the context of that north star to help me navigate the day. The word mm -hmm. of God is probably the best place to start. So that would be one of them. Okay. The second thing is is think about what your day like. What do you want to achieve today? Um, and having that sort of that meta narrative, if you want to call it that, of, of of a day that says by the end of the day when I finish, I want to know that I did this, that I accomplished this, that I felt this, that I learned that. Hmm. Um, and the third one I think about <clears throat> is this idea that, you know, every day and when somebody I've said to people, you know, when you look at my life, you shouldn't be able to know what I'm doing. So mm -hmm. here we are doing a podcast. If somebody was to walk in the room and say, what's he doing? They wouldn't know. Am I working? Maybe this is a work call. Am I playing? Maybe I'm uh, talking to some friends. Okay. Am I loving or am I learning? <laughs> and so this idea that, that my life is, is very much uh, fluid in terms of every mm. day. I want to work. I want to play. I want to love and I want to learn. Mm. And so try to force that into every day. And so, you know, it's getting towards the end of the day. Okay. Have I loved? I don't know. Have you, have you taken, you guys talk about, you know, the holding the kiss or, mm -hmm. you know, something and holding, holding a hug, whatever it is. Like, have I loved today? And then who did I love today? Who, can mm. I identify clearly that there are people in my life that know that I love them? And it's more than just, uh, you know, calling up your mother, calling up your spouse, calling up your children, say, hey, I love you. And, and of course, that's obviously good. But it's the idea of, of knowing definitively, like that person knows I care about them. They, knows, they know that I love them. Mm -hmm. And so did I work today? Did I do something that contributed largely to either my economics or to, to something we call work? Uh, did I play today? Um, did I love today? And did I learn today? And definitively knowing that in each one of those, you can say, I, I did. Box. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I love, I love that. Um, so this might be completely uh, coincidental, but I have a feeling that it's not. Um, we, anytime we interact in uh, through social media with you, it's at a certain time of the evening. And I'm wondering how that plays into your daily routine or if it does, because um, it, it seems like you, you're pretty structured in that routine. Can you share with us some practical <laughs> tips on maybe how you structure your evening routine? Oh, boy. <laughs> it's, it honestly is hard to say. Like it's, I, I, I am sometimes super structured, and then there are other times I'm not super structured. Okay. Like it really is, I'm, I'm a bit of a an enigma in that sense of kind of how I structure it depends on what time. So I have this thing right now that I'm trying to practice in my life that I'm calling go away and may come back labor day, okay. which is this idea that I'm taking some time within my year to focus strongly on learning and loving um, that I'm trying to commit more time to those things. And I'm using sort of that June, July, August to do that. Okay. So, mm. um, all of this is really in a state of flux, to be honest with you, as to how I'm figuring out how to manage my day. Okay. Um, you know, typically, yeah, let's leave it at that. It's, I, wish <laughs> I, could be, I wish I could give you a no, better answer. Good. I love that. Go away in May, come back Labor Day. <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent. It speaks to your endeavor to be balanced, though. And, and that's well, and probably the other thing is to be, I was, uh, so I was playing a little bit yesterday and as I was, I was kayaking and, um, I saw a boat. I thought if I owned a boat, uh, what name would I call the boat? Just playing a kind of a little, you know, mental, uh -huh. mental exercise of what would that be? And what would I want it to say? And what would it capture? What would it mean? It has to have significance. 
And, and I decided that my boat would be called intentionality because mm. I think that living intentionally or living deliberately, as I've said, it kind of been my tag for probably the last 20 years is that intentionality really matters mm. is, am I doing right here, right now, am I doing what I want to be doing, what I should be doing, what I'm called to be doing? Because this, this, the time gets away from us. Mm-hmm. And so if, if it's anything to answer your question, cause I sort of, I bobbed and weaved a little bit because it does sometimes seem so fluid in my life. Um, it is intentionality. Mm-hmm. It is what do I want to accomplish? I've got now five or six hours before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with those hours? Mm. Yeah. So good. So good. So right before we started this call, I, I was just thinking about, cause you are a very intentional person and it's inspiring to me. Um, I, I walked past my bookshelf and I have a, a book marker that has, um, the number of minutes in a day and a little, and it's just, just something I put in my books when I'm reading and to remind me when I'm reading, read with intention, don't just read to pass time. And whenever I do something like when you're saying, you know, love and work and do these things, that means you're doing stuff with intention and not just like kind of, you're not at the whim of your day. You're taking your day and working it mm-hmm. or playing it. Are you like, it's, it's an all intentional. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I just love that because time is the only commodity that, you know, we can't buy more of, or we can't, yeah. it's, there's only a fixed amount that we all have. Yeah. And that's what God's given us. And that's what we're responsible for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love that. One more question before we do our closing questions. When you do get sidetracked um, and, and start to veer a bit, what's something that you tell yourself to get back on track, kind of in line with your or, intentionality? Or what's your trigger to say, ah, I need to go back to center? Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's about time is that there are only so many hours, so many days um, mm-hmm. I remind myself that I am in the, in the physical sense and of what I can make in terms of contribution on this planet is that that is a finite number. And as I'm, I'm fond of saying to people, I say, you know, it's, it's a math problem, right? Like <laughs> this is, it's not any more complicated than that. You take a number and if you want to be safe, you can use a hundred. Um, if you're lucky, blessed, whatever, maybe the number will be one or two, but you'll be safe with a hundred, take a hundred minus your, minus your age. And that's how many summers you have. That's how many weeks you have. That's how many. And so I <laughs> constantly am recentering myself by saying, okay, take a hundred minus my age. And then I add a health factor in there. And I remind myself, this is the best time. This is the best time in terms of my time, my talent, my treasure, right? Mm-hmm. I'm at a place where I have made more, um, deposits, and have those things now in terms of experience and insight um, and relationships to now to use those for the kingdom of God. And so that's, that's what I do is my reset. There's, there's one other thing. um, Well, I'll let you ask your last question and maybe we'll bring in another concept if it makes sense. Oh, go ahead. There's one other thing you should go ahead and share with us. I want to hear it. Yeah, please. (laughs) Okay. So my, my sense is, is that all of us, are, are hardwired that, you know, physiologically in every way possible, we are created with three things, right? The, okay. the need to connect, mm-hmm. the need to be significant or purposeful mm-hmm. and the need to develop, right? These three things are absolutely germane. They're integral to everything about our humanity, the, mm-hmm. the wiring, the, the chemistry, everything about us supports those three things. Okay. And what happens is when we get off track, of those three things, we do three different things. And it's true in business and it's true in our marriages. It's true in our churches is that when we're not connecting, when we're not developing and when we're not involved in things of purpose or significance, Mm -hmm. then we go to the other side of the ledger 
And if you think about sort of the other side of the ledger, when you're not connecting to people and you're not connecting, you tend to go towards consuming. People that are not well connected to mm -hmm. other human beings, they tend to be high consumers. And not only consumers of things, but it's worse than that, they become consumers of people. And whether that's for consumption of, of, I'll use the sex word, I don't like the word, I prefer intimacy, but in this context, it makes sense. Yeah. They become consumers of people, they become consumers of sex. And in our marriages, when we're not connected, what we use, our, what happens in our marriages is we become consumers. Mm -hmm. And whether that's consumers of sex, or just consumers that we, we start to manage our life and we start to think about our life and our marriage in terms of our next big purchase. Mm -hmm. We're not connected, so we're consuming. We're thinking about the car. We're thinking about the house. We're thinking mm -hmm. about the next big consumption. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the second one is the development is that if we're not developing ourselves, if we're not growing as, as human beings, then we go to the other side of the ledger, which is entertainment. And people that do not spend time investing in themselves and bringing more of themselves to the kingdom of God and developing themselves, they're high consumers of entertainment, mm. right? In whatever form, that's just not, I'm not talking movies. I'm talking like games of any type. It's this yeah. idea of distracting the mind. It's distraction, 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 yeah. uh, considered to be entertainment, whatever form that might mm -hmm. take. Mm. And then the third one is that then when they don't have purpose and significance, and again, same thing in our marriages, we don't have purpose and significance in our marriage. We go to the other side of the ledger, which is about power. And so if you think about it in business, people that don't have purpose and significance in their business life, where 50% of their waking hours are lived, they tend to talk in terms of power, right? So mm -hmm. how many people report to them? How many people are in their downline? How big is their budget? What are they responsible for? It's everything power, power, power. And in our oh, marriages, the same thing yeah. can happen, yeah. right? We, yeah. When we don't have that, right, in terms of that purpose and significance, we go towards power into our marriage. Oh. And, we, and, and it's about power over each other and about power in the marriage and about decision making mm. and all those other things. Yeah. Oh, so it's again, goodness. it's just kind of this meta sort of concept of like, wow, at the most fundamental aspect of our life. And you asked me, Adam, kind of this, where this came from is, you know, how do you recenter yourself? I go back to look, it's really three things that I am hardwired for three things to connect to have significance and purpose and to ultimately develop. Mm -hmm. And when I'm not doing those things, I can see in my life consumption sneaking in. I know what version of the iPhone I have, which I'm not even sure I have quite that. Anyways, <laughs> I, I, what version of iPad I have? I don't know. I think there's a new one, but I don't have it. Right. So uh -huh. uh, when I start moving to the other side of the ledger and mm -hmm. become more consuming, more entertaining and more about power status that I've wow. moved away from that quintessential self. Those three things right there, that concept that you yeah. just presented, that could be a book. Like, can you please write a book about yeah. that? That would I'll be incredible. <laughs> that, that will actually, that flows right into the next question here. Mm -hmm. Kind of closing, closing up a little bit, but for all the people wanting to continue their self-development or even start, Mm -hmm. Maybe those are even two different questions. Where would you recommend starting with reading? Because we know readers are leaders and that's what you're yes. helping us with. You're helping us with leading. This is leadership mm -hmm. right here. Where, where do we start reading? So I think um, you have to be eclectic in your reading. So that that's one thing that that is, I think, really, really important is you know, I talk about putting, you know, a certain amount of effort and emphasis around one thing, right? Putting the wood behind an arrow. But when it comes to reading, it's something I try to read very eclectically. And, and the reason I'm eclectic in my reading is because there are sort of key things that you have to, you have to have. So um, in no particular order, I think you have to read science, right? And, and I think about quantum as a great example. Like when you start to think about quantum and you say, you know, um, how, could, how could light be capricious? How could light make decisions based upon whether you view it or don't view it? You think about the two, two slip theory. Is it, is it a particle or is it a wave? Right. When you think about entanglement, how can a particle be linked to another particle and doesn't that mess up the speed of light problem? And so you, mm -hmm. you, I think there's it great stuff in there. People, it, it really opens up your brain and it opens up your brain to the idea because we say, okay, so look, you, you don't really believe in miracles, right? Uh, the, <laughs> the first thing I would say was, so you mean, do I believe that Newtonian physics is the only way to think about science and physics? No, 
<laughs> and I've got a whole bunch. Of, I've got a lot of proof for read you as book. to why. Good. Exactly. Yeah. Read this book. So, so that's you're thinking one thing. apologetically <clears throat> in yeah. that regard. Very much so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, neurology and, and the science of mm-hmm. the brain and all of that, I think, is absolute. We got this three pound piece of meat in our head that in the last hundred years, mm-hmm. you know, 18 pounds of, of meat has killed you know, over a hundred million people, you know, now Popot, uh, Stalin, you know, put all the, the despots in that category, right? Mm-hmm. How, yeah. how does 18 pounds of, of flesh wipe a hundred million people off the planet? What is this thing that we live so much in our head? Mm-hmm. I have to, I have to slay that dragon. I have to understand that. So I think neurology, brain science, everything is really, really important around that. Okay. Communication mm-hmm. is absolutely critical is you've got to become a better critic, a better communicator. And storytelling is part of that is being able to tell great stories and understand the context of a story and the elements of a story. Mm-hmm. Why is there a protagonist and antagonist and where's the moral dilemma and how do I, how do I put these characters in place yeah. so I can communicate messages more effectively? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do I have no answer to, um, leadership I think is important, uh, that you've got to read, but you've started your day with mm-hmm. the word of God. It's mm-hmm. awesome. So, uh, I love that you've given categories for each of these areas. So now she's going to pin you down. No, I know it. I won't. I won't pin you down, but I'll ask you this. Um, will you send us a list of maybe a book or two in each of those categories that you would recommend for the person who just heard you and said, whoa, what? Like, I want to work on my self-development, but you're telling me to read quantum physics. Um, Wait, hold on. You want me to read about neuroscience? But there's very accessible books out there Mm -hmm. right now about... Sure. Yes. About your brain. Yeah. So yeah. if you would email us a list and we will, we will put the links to these books to Amazon and in our show notes so that people can have a starting place that's reasonable for them. Also, you post a lot of stuff on your Instagram mm-hmm. um, and you post books you're reading. I've seen that and things you're thinking about. I, mm-hmm. And I appreciate a lot of those things that you post. Yeah. Um, what again is your Instagram handle? Bentley 238. Perfect. Okay. So you want some good stuff? Follow Bentley 238. <laughs> and um, if people want to be able to get in contact with you, is that the best way to connect with you through Instagram? Um, sure. They could use that through the messaging service. That would be one way uh, to do that. Um, I'll comment on book reading just as a side, and I, I should have mentioned it. By the time I was probably 19 or 20 years old, Mm-hmm. I had read at least, yes, three books. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was anticlimactic. Two Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> and one James Bond on a train to from Manchester to London. Oh my goodness. And I so it. I said that to say reading did not come naturally to me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Everybody can read. You can start small with a guy with a, with a, a book vocabulary of Pippi Longstocking. (laughs) You you can get there. Oh, that's, that's very um, reassuring for folks. I'm sure who are listening away some of the excuses that we'd probably hear. Well, I'm not a reader. Yes. Yes. And there, there are audio books, people. There are. Man, I love audible. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I'll, I'll do an audible. And then I'll buy the book if I really love it and then read it again. (laughs) (laughs) And and underline it. Yes, you got it. You got it. For those who are listening, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, we would love it if you took a moment to just do a star rating. It takes you five seconds. Uh, If you want to leave a sentence of a review, it helps the podcast reach many, many more people and help inspire many, many more couples to greatness. So that would be an honor if you take the time to do it. Yes, please. Okay, we're coming uh, to the end of the podcast here. And uh, the way we close each podcast out is by asking our interviewee this same question. And it's a fill in the blank, dear young married couple. And then we'll ask you to fill in the blank with uh, advice that you wish you would have received looking back to the beginning of your marriage. Dear young married couples. Communicate early, often, and honestly. Mm. Wow. So much there. Beautiful. Yes. 
Well, thank you so much for taking the time to pour your expertise and your wisdom into our tribe. I know so many people are going to be impacted by this. And folks, if you are impacted by it, we would love to see uh, your reflections. So please feel free to share that on Instagram um, or messaging us. Uh, It it really helps inspire and motivate. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's also so helpful to start to build this culture that you're describing. Yes. Yes. You know, we it's not enough just to talk about it or give directions, mm-hmm. but to walk alongside other people that are struggling with the same stuff as you, mm-hmm. you know, and sharing books and, and just that synergy yeah. is something that we want to create. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for the great work that both of you are doing for the Mm -hmm. the body of information, knowledge, insight that you're curating for all of us to help us have better, more successful marriages. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. We love you. We respect you. Thank you, Andrew Bentley. Love you guys. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.